This podcast is sponsored by Ball in Maidstone, your brand new luxury sports and gaming bar with American pool, table tennis, beer pong, live sports, delicious food and bottomless brunches. Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. Hello, hope you're okay on Tuesday, January the 25th. Thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast and we're asking on socials today for you to cast your mind back to 2020. Did you have a birthday during lockdown and if so, how did you celebrate it? Well, we're asking because it's now claimed the Prime Minister had a birthday party at number 10. We're told 30 people were there along with Boris Johnson's wife and interior designer. The PM is said to have been given a cake while everyone sung happy birthday. And following on from this latest allegation the Met Police have confirmed a criminal investigation into alleged Covid breaches within Downing Street is now underway. They've confirmed they're looking into several gatherings. Here's what Commissioner Dame Cressida Dick had to say earlier. I can confirm that the Met is now investigating a number of events that took place at Downing Street and Whitehall in the last two years. I should stress that the fact that we are now investigating does not of course mean that fixed penalty notices will necessarily be issued in every instance and to every person involved. Well, let's have a look at some of the comments from you on our Facebook question on how you marked a lockdown birthday. Then Jackie High says, on the drive, got surprised by the family, socially distanced and no cake. But can we move on now? There are other more important things happening. Potential war in Ukraine for a start. Lorna Campwell has added two lockdown birthdays and worked them both as a key worker. Graham Bowden has added nothing except watch TV and it was my 50th too. And Roger Card has said, being at severe clinical risk I spent it all alone with just phone calls from the NHS to ensure I did not leave home or have any visitors. That aside the PM needs to concentrate on delivering what was promised as these party issues should be for the police to take action not for political sniping to try to gain power for themselves. Well our political editor Paul Francis joins me now. Paul some of our commenters on socials today there are pretty sick of hearing about parties at Downing Street but a criminal investigation does sound like it's got a bit more serious. Well, we've all been to parties which have left us feeling a bit uh, worse for wear. But uh, today's announcement that the Met Police is to investigate whether there have been any breaches of the rules on social gatherings at Downing Street is uh, an unexpected twist in the long-running saga. Now, the Met Police had indicated that it wasn't going to pursue criminal investigations or retrospective criminal investigations uh, and that appeared to be their position up until today. We already knew an independent investigation was being carried out. That was being led by a top civil servant. What happens with that now? Uh, We are not sure whether that is going to be published as had been expected at some point this week Uh, and the reason for that is the possibility that whatever is in the Sue Gray report might compromise any criminal investigation. So there seems to be an expectation that the report by Sue Gray will now be delayed. How long for, of course, is another matter completely. And any word from our Kent MPs today? They have uh, traditionally been following the uh, rule of not really saying terribly much in response to these uh, fairly dramatic developments, it has to be said. Uh, And I guess that a lot of them are just waiting to see whether there's going to be some more clarity around the timetable for these reports. Uh, Either way, 
it prolongs the saga. Thanks ever so much, Paul. We will, of course, keep you updated on any further developments. You can also hear regular updates in bulletins on our sister radio station, KMFM. Kent Online News. An update now on a story we first brought you yesterday and a man's been charged after a police officer was seriously injured when he was hit by a stolen motorbike on the M25 near Swanley. He remains in a stable condition at a London hospital after being knocked down on Sunday. Well, a 26-year-old is accused of riding the wrong way on the motorway and causing serious injury by driving dangerously. An 18-year-old who was arrested on suspicion of theft has been released under investigation. An Ashford teenager who repeatedly whipped a stranger with a belt in an unprovoked attack has avoided being jailed. The victim suffered cuts to his head and eye as well as bruising after being targeted outside a kebab shop in the town centre last September. 19-year-old Tiger Walker from Whitfield Road has been given a suspended sentence and ordered to do 150 hours of unpaid work. Police are stepping up patrols around bridges on the M2 after a stone hit the roof and windscreen of a motorhome. The driver, who wasn't injured, reported seeing three boys on the bridge in the Ode Street area of Borden before it happened yesterday afternoon. That's not far from Sittingbourne. Police say this behaviour is thoughtless and reckless. Now, figures seen by the Kent Online podcast show cases of fly tipping increased in every part of the county last year. Rubbish was dumped illegally about 31,000 times, which is roughly 6,000 more than the previous year. The biggest rise was in Tunbridge and Morling, but Medway had the highest number overall. Well, Josiah Jones is a farmer near Gravesend and is surprised the figures aren't even higher. He's been speaking to Ish. I think the problem's been getting worse for steadily worse for a long time now. We seem to go weekly with something being fly tipped. You're constantly hearing of it from neighbours. As farmers, we've got a, a WhatsApp group and it seems to be daily that something major has happened to someone, a certain just a near neighbour, never mind the rest of Ken. Um, and and the, the, the sizes of fly tipping are getting uh, bigger. Um, if, it would certainly get more frequent, but you, you hear of people having uh, Arctic loads of stuff dumped, um, or it certainly seems like Arctic loads of stuff dumped. It's 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 difficult to put, a, put to pinpoint what's going on, but it's it's re- really re- it's a real range now. It's from smaller transit load type stuff to proper industrial waste being dumped, but it is daily now. And is it the the rural parts of Kent that you feel particularly being impacted? I mean, I, I, of course, I'm going to feel like the rural parts of Kent are being particularly impacted. I, I see it. So it would be unfair of me to comment on whether it's just the rural parts of Kent, um, because I'm not, you know, I'm not involved in in in, in many towns. Um, but it, it certainly feels like it, it's 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 almost being targeted that we're out. We're in the middle of the sticks. The police can't be everywhere all the time. Uh, they certainly can't be here. Do you feel like an easy target, unfortunately? Absolutely. Absolutely. We're an easy target. Like I say, the, the police have, have limited resources. I think they do a fantastic job with the, with the resources they have, um, but they can't be everywhere all the time. As much as you put as much security in as possible, there's always a way around it for these people. Um, so, yeah, it, 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 we do feel kind of like sitting ducks, especially because we're we're semi suburban where we are. Um, we are on the back of a lot of uh, big conurbations of people and it's we're easy access and we're easy escape from. And what impact has that been having on, on yourself? You mentioned that every week that you, there's something seems to be happening. Um, how how does that impact you when you see another lot of you know rubbish or waste being dumped on your farm? It is, 
incredibly hard to face every time you go out and find something where someone has just taken advantage of the what you are trying to build. I'm a I'm a relatively young entrant into agriculture and to be working 24/7 and then for someone to just do something like that to what you are trying to do is uh, is heartbreaking. It's it's incredibly depressing. Uh, you find you find talking to farmers that they're they're willing to take more and more drastic action against these things, and it 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 can't be good for. I'm loath to use the word mental health, but it can't be good for you um, feeling so vulnerable. And what practical measures have you yourself, or you mentioned um, other farmers, have have had to take in order to try and mitigate it or prevent it even though it seems to be incredibly challenging gates aren't good enough anymore you have locked gates on places and then the gates get stolen um so our fields now have ditches around them um incredibly heavy weights in the gateways uh logs trees felled purposefully in gateways it is a pain because to access your own field it becomes such a such a difficult job just to get in your field but it's it's half the work doing the job. It's just getting access to your own your own land. Incredibly frustrating. You can see a breakdown of the fly tipping stats for where you live at Kent Online. The Kent Online podcast with Ball in Maidstone. The owner of an unlicensed riding school near Tunbridge has been fined £5,000. Tamara Bustock admitted running a business charging people for lessons at the Lions Farm Equestrian Centre in Hildenborough. She pleaded guilty to two charges and will have to pay an extra £870 in legal costs. Multi-million pound plans have been unveiled to expand a special school in Kent. Snowfields Academy in Maidstone wants to double its number of pupils from 140 to 280 in in the next nine months. They're hoping to build a satellite school in Cranbrook on the site of High Wheeled Academy. Nearly £50,000 has been raised by campaigners fighting plans to build a huge theme park in North Kent. Land on the Swanscombe Peninsula has been earmarked for the £2.5 billion London Resort project, but the area has recently been designated a site of special scientific interest and nature groups are raising money for legal action to stop the construction. A Kent MP is backing calls for new laws to prevent drowning following the death of a six-year-old boy. Lucas Dobson fell into the River Stour in Sandwich in August 2019 and his body was found four days later. Well, Natalie Elphick, who represents Dover and Deal, has been speaking about it in the Commons. Like a lot of children, Lucas was excitedly enjoying a barbecue and a day out with his dad at a privately owned jetty. While his father was checking an engine nearby, Lucas tried to jump on the boat by himself. He missed his footing and he plunged into the water. He was instantly swept away by the strong tidal currents. He disappeared. And that disappearance lasted for four days. During that time, thousands of community volunteers and police from my community searched high and low on the river for Lucas. He was tragically found death on Wednesday, the 21st of August, 2019, some four days later. The inquest heard later that on that day, neither Lucas nor his friends were wearing life jackets while they played amid the boats on the jetty. And that's why I'm supporting Lucas's family, his mother, Kirsty Furse, grandmother, Donna Kentfield, and cousin, Zoe Aldous, in their calls for a new law. That's Lucas's law. And that strongly echoes and builds on Mark's law being discussed today. 
Luke's law has three parts. It would make it compulsory for young children to wear life jackets on boats and around them. It would require more life-saving buoyancy rings and lifelines to be installed near rivers, lakes and seas and start a new safety awareness campaign for parents of young children, including encouraging them to use float suits and swim vests when children are playing near water, particularly on hot days. It can only take a moment for an accident to happen that can take a young life. Children's float suits and swim vests can be inexpensive. They can cost as little as £10. Like cycle helmets and seat belts, it just makes sense to be water safe. Yet more people die from drowning each year than from cycling. So we really need to start doing something about this. Many other countries, including America, Ireland, Australia and New Zealand, already have mandatory life jacket laws. It's far time for the UK to put in place these basic life-saving laws to protect young children near water. Lucas Dobson might have been saved if the right safety processes were in place and had been followed. So now we must do what's right to stop accidents from drowning resulting in death. MPs were debating a petition signed by more than 100,000 people to make sure throw lines are available near open bodies of water. Kent Online reports. More now on a story we first mentioned yesterday. Chatham has been named as one of the high streets in the southeast to be worst affected by the pandemic. It apparently lost 28 weeks of sales since March 2020 and also has the fifth highest town centre vacancy rates in the region. Well, our reporter Chris Hunter has been to the high street to find out what people there think. Along with boarded up shops and people sleeping rough, he also found busker Jordan Ravenhill. I've been doing it for probably on and off 10 years. Yeah, so I've been all around, but Chatham mainly has mainly been the one to get me out. And, and what have you seen over the, the course of the pandemic? Uh, I've seen a lot of, um, it's been very quiet, it does get very quiet, but um, it depends on what people are doing, and people are obviously scared still, um, it doesn't help out, but um, more people are coming out now, and it's looking nice, um, but hopefully, who, who knows, you know. <laughs> so you, you're hopeful that things might pick up? Yeah, I hope, yeah. I hope so, yeah, I hope so, because if, if not, then we're all doomed really <laughs> with it, so. How have you seen it affected though? I mean, it, do you understand, why do you think it's worse than other areas? Midway's not the best place, I think, um, and it doesn't help out that 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 no one really cares <laughs> in that sense um but hopefully with the pandemic people are starting to give it a bit more respect and come out now um so you think it's getting better and well, the, the statistics will, aren't as bad think, as it looks i think it will get better um if people are respectful and they um stick to the rules or whatever um so who knows well i do busking because obviously it's my main job um but also i do it because i like to cheer people up the town i feel like if you can if you, can get, if you can sing, why not come down to a town where people are going to appreciate it more? Um, obviously, I say like Medway is very hard to get the round of applause and all that, but you do get the odd people here and there. Um, but, yeah, I'll try and do my best to cheer up the town. For the past two years, it's been very hard. It's been very hard, but um, I've kind of regrouped what I've lost and I'm getting there. We're all, we're all, we're all struggling. The people are self-employed. It's been very hard, but we're getting there and having a good account and good stuff and all that will help you out and all that, so... 
Yeah. Well, despite Jordan's optimism, fresh market convenience store owner Omar Diari fears he will have to move or close if things don't improve. And at Fasley Home Store, 28-year-old Ali agreed the council needed to take action. However, not far from the high street, there are huge investment projects underway in Chatham, with Chatham Waterfront starting to take shape. The council are also planning to transform the Pentagon and the former Debenham store. But you can read Chris's report in full and let us know what you think by heading to kentonline.co.uk. UK. Now it's feared building 30 new homes near a beauty spot in a Kent village will ruin the countryside. Developers claim the development offering only affordable homes on farmland in Chartham near Canterbury would have a positive effect on the community and local economy. But hundreds of people have complained that it would add pressure on school places and the sewage system. A decision is expected next month. It's emerged just 150 grants were awarded in Kent as part of a government scheme to help people make their homes more energy efficient. You might have heard of the Green Homes Grant programme. It's been described, though, as botched and not thought through. Well, the idea was eventually scrapped last March, a year earlier than planned. A barman has saved the life of a woman after she choked on food at a pub near Maidstone. The 86-year-old collapsed at the pub in Borton, Montchelsea, shortly after others had managed to dislodge the food. Ben Litchfield managed to perform CPR after being talked through it by the emergency call operator. And Ollie Alexander's been chatting to our sister radio station KMFM about his new album. Night Call is his first solo record since the other members of Years and Years left the group. Well, he was on the hit list last night with Numi. It's um, been a long time time like a lot of things it was very delayed by the pandemic yeah. and all of that so it's just yeah it's a good feeling does this release feel a little bit different because obviously it's the first album from you being solo as years and years yeah do you know what gosh I thought I knew how this whole thing goes you know putting an album out but it feels differently and po- bit different now like obviously because yeah it's just me but also yeah just I don't know the world changes so quickly like everything is just changing all the time so I'm like I don't know where my head is at but I'm um just grateful like I'm so happy that I I you know I'm putting this out so yeah well you should be happy because it's amazing it's it's a it's a pop masterpiece Ollie It's also, though, incredibly saucy. Like, I've been very nervous for this interview because I have no idea how I'm going to keep it radio friendly. (laughs) But let's, let's jump straight in. I'm, like, so excited to talk about it with you. So, obviously, the album's called Night Call. You have a track on the album called Night Call. Did you, yes. did you write that song first and go, yep, this is it, this is the title of the album? Or did you kind of write a few songs and then, and then decide the name from there? The song Night Call came a little bit later on, actually, in the process. I, um, I'd kind of like, it took me a really long time to figure out what I wanted to do and what direction I wanted to take. But then as soon as I figured out, okay, I want it to all just be up-tempo, make you feel good, make you move your body, and to be about like expressing myself in this like direct way or, do you know what I mean? And then it started to like fit together. And then Night Call came about kind of like once I'd sort of hit hit the groove, if, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, groove. yeah, for sure. And then um, I just loved it as the as a title, so it all it all came together. Yeah, I did notice when I was listening to it. I was like, this I feel really encompasses like the feel of the album. So oh, good, good. <laughs> so <Thank> well <you>. done. <laughs> um, Sweet talker, your single with Galantis, uh, which is your second single from from the album, amazing. How how did that collaboration come about? Yeah, thank you. So Sweet Talker, um, I had made as. I had it as a song, um, 
but it just never got finished. It's one of those that I really loved, but I just, it needed kind of like something extra. And um, Galantis heard it and um, they were working with my producer. And um, basically I, I got sent this video of, um, his name's Christian from Galantis, just filming all these people playing violins and a whole massive string section. And um, I was just like, oh wow, that sounds amazing. And he'd just gone and written this part and recorded all these violinist and sent it over and it sounded so good that's the whole you know section so yeah it was just it was one of them where it kind of felt like I just came about really I didn't even know it was going to happen yeah it just happened and I was so happy so if you missed it you can listen now in full at kmfm.co.uk Kent Online Sport. For Ball, Angelingham's caretaker boss says their next three games are crucial. They're now bottom of League One following a 3-2 defeat to top of the table Wigan Athletic on Saturday. But there were some positives at the weekend as the Jules fought back from 2-0 down to level the game before conceding a corner. Well, speaking after that match, Steve Lovell says they need to take some of that into tonight's game. On the second half performance with that, that shape that we played and the way that we played, we will get wins and we will get points. So it's something that we can take into the next three games, uh, work on, and hopefully get that that three first three points and then build on that. And Tuesday is is the, is the start for us. We've got it. We've got it now. We've got it. You know, the next three home games are, are massive for us uh, in points wise, and we need to pick up maximum maximum points in the next three games. They face Shrewsbury Town at Priestfield in a 7.45 kickoff. You can, of course, follow the match action at Kent Online. Plus, we'll have reaction to the result in breakfast bulletins on KMFM tomorrow morning. And Kent's Tammy Beaumont has picked up three awards from the International Cricket Council to end an impressive season for England. She features in the Team of the Year for both the International T20s and ODIs following wins over India and New Zealand in 2021. The 30-year-old was also named overall T20 Cricketer of the Year for the first time in her career. Well, that's all from us for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. You can also get access to the ad-free Kent Online premium site. To do it, you need to subscribe. Just head to kentonline.co.uk forward slash subscribe. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Ball in Maidstone, your brand new luxury sports and gaming bar with American pool, table tennis, beer pong, live sports, delicious food and bottomless brunches.